Would you please turn to uh, Matthew chapter 1? We have been in a series, and we're ending today this series on his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Uh, And so we're going to finish our series up today on that. There's a couple things I just want to share with you very briefly. We talked about his name is Mighty God. Remember that when we first started this series? And because he's a mighty God, we change our attitude, our outlook. We change our prayers because he's a mighty God. We change our thought life, uh, how we approach life because he is a mighty God. I love the King James Version of this particular scripture. I usually read the New King James Version, and I use other versions to sort of uh, support that and get more insight. Uh, But I love the King James Version of this particular scripture uh, where Paul says he is able to do. And uh, most versions will say exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. You're familiar with that scripture. I love the King James of that because it says he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, not exceedingly and abundantly, but in other words, he's able to do abundantly, and he's able to exceed that. So he's able to do abundantly in your life, and he's able to exceed it. He exceeds abundance. Think about that for a moment. I'm talking about the mighty God that we serve. We talked about how he is the prince of peace. He just gives us peace, and that's not just the absence of conflict. Come on. Peace is uh, is much more than that. In, in the Lord Jesus. And he's called us to be peacemakers. Amen. And so uh, also this morning, I just want to share with you that he is also God with us. Come on. And he is our Alpha and Omega. If you look at verse 18 in the first book of Matthew, verse 18, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, the Bible says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, from the beginning of time, we know that all the way in the Old Testament from Abraham, even back farther from Adam and Eve and Noah uh, and his sons on down through Abraham, Isaac and Joseph, Ruth and Boaz, Esther, all the way down through. Uh, Isaiah, King Asa, come on, Uh, all the way down through in the Old Testament, we've understood that God is the God who is for us. He was there for us 
in every situation. When we escaped from Egypt and had to cross the Red Sea, God was for us. When he was going to bring a great flood on the earth and destroy everything, there was a remnant. And God said, I am for you because you are righteous. When the Israelites were in captivity, God prophesied to them and said, I am for you. I will rebuild the temple and your latter shall be greater than your former. Why? Because I am for you. When Elijah had to deal, Elisha had to deal with the prophets of Baal and they came against him, God said, I am the God that is for you. I am for you and not against you. How many know that it is a wonderful thing to understand that the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, as we talked about last week, the very creator of time itself is for you and not against you. I don't know about you, but it makes me feel a little better to understand that the almighty God is for me. Come on. And not against me. But God said, guess what? It's not enough to save you. It's not enough to save you to just be for you and on your side. Therefore, he said, I am sending my son. His name shall be called Jesus, which literally means God is our salvation. The Lord saves. And Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus. And then he put another name on it. He said, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is no longer now just God for you, but in order to save you, he is God with you. He walks with you and talks with you. Come on, along life's merry way. He is God who is with you. That's why we say we ask Jesus into our heart, and he fills us with his spirit. God just doesn't send you out. You see, in the old, in, it, and it was the Old Testament. We have it in the New Testament, but Jesus had not died and, and risen again yet. So I kind of consider it, in a way, the Old Testament. The Old Testament, Jesus breathed on his disciples, and he sent them out. This is no longer God just breathing on you and sending you out. This is God dwelling in you, come on now, and going with you. Where he tells you to go, he walks also right with you and in you. See, the Bible says that God now tabernacles with us. Come on. So he is God with us. Well, knowing that, we also understand that God is both our beginning, is what we're celebrating, uh, his beginning on earth, but he is our beginning and he is our ending. Jesus is our Alpha and Omega. Revelation 1.8 says this. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and was and who is to come. Wrap your head around that. I am. I was. I am now. And I am the one to come. He's saying I've always been and I will always be. Come on. Jesus is the beginning. He's the end and he's everything in between. He sets things in motion inside you and carries them all the way 
to the finish line. He doesn't give up. He's with us. He is God who is with us. Revelation 21, 6, he said, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. I will give it to you. I will fill you because I am your beginning, I am your ending, and I am with you. In that same chapter, back up in verse 3 and 21, said, I heard a loud voice from heaven, John is saying. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he it will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. Now, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was a physical structure, but it was where the presence of God was. And so if you wanted to get into the presence of God, you had to go to the tabernacle. But he's saying now there will no longer be a physical structure where my presence lies. Come on, we think that we have to come into this building to get into the presence of the Lord. No, you bring the presence of the Lord when you come into the building. It's just a physical structure where we can gather. But it's not about the four walls. It's not about the wood, hay, and stubble. It's about the church, which is you and I. It's about the people. And now the Bible says God tabernacles with us. He is with us. Jesus is the omega in you. He's a, he's a finisher. And as we come to the close of 2016, I believe that there are some of us that just need to leave some things in 2016. Come on. Now listen to this. I'm talking about good and bad because there's some things we're not going to repeat. There's a lot of good things that happened in 2016, but we're going on to 2017. We're going, God, God said, I do, I make all things new. Come on. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm not giving you leftover manna. I know you enjoyed the manna from 2016. But as we go into 2017, I'm not giving you leftover manna. So leave that behind and look forward to the new that I'm bringing forth in 2017. Some of us need to put an omega on it. I know we said we need to put a praise on it. We need to put a praise on the good things he's done for us. But there are some things we need to leave behind and we need to throw an omega on it. Come on. Omega is bringing to an end the things that need to be ended. Some closure. It's over. Let Jesus put his omega work in you and finish what he has started. We need to put an omega on some deep wounds. Come on. Some broken hearts. I, you don't have to lift your hands, but I, I bet some of you made some mistakes like I have in this year and in, and in past lives. Come on. We need to put an omega on some of that stuff. Negativity. Unforgiveness. Let it go and say omega to those things. Because even though we're celebrating the birth of Christ, he was bringing both the alpha and the omega through his birth. He was saying old things are passed away. There's some new things coming up. Come on. Think about what hinders our life of possibility, the framework of old assumptions. Come on, that we carry with us. We need to put an omega on it. And we need to also understand that Jesus is the alpha in you. He starts new things. He, he brings new things. Alpha is the first, the beginning, the beginning that God has started in you. It's a new work. You know Philippians 1.6, being confident 
of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you is what? Faithful to complete it until the coming of Jesus Christ. Come on. In another version it says, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish at the very day of Christ. Come on. He will not give up on you. You made some mistakes, guess what? God's not giving up on you. You went left when God told you to go right. You far away from the purpose that God has for you. Guess what? You never changed his purpose. His purpose is still there. If you'll stand up and turn around and get back in line with God, he's able to bring you all the way back over and line you back up. Come on with where he had you going and where he wants you to go. But it's up to us to give up and say, I surrender all. Yes, Lord, I've gone a different way, but I'm ready to go the way that you're leading me. He's the alpha in us. So we have to understand that we need to live in the new. And there are six short things that I want you to understand about this new that God is bringing to us. This new is a dynamic relationship to Jesus. It's a new covenant. Come on. It's a dynamic relationship. It's a new heart. We can go deeper than we've ever gone before. I don't know how many time, times I've read particular scriptures and passages in the Bible, but I've made a dedication even for this next year uh, that I'm going to go deeper in the Bible. I'm going to study even to a greater extent and learn more because God is unsearchable. Come on, there's so much to him. Uh, and you can't just read it once and hear a sermon once or twice and figure, I know all there is to know about God. I've discovered him. Come on. He's so deep. This new is, is in biblical water baptism. Come on. If you haven't been baptized, do that. Uh, what am I telling you? Am I telling you that that's what salvation is about? Certainly not. Salvation is certainly not about uh, water baptism and water baptism alone, but it's an outward show of an inward change. He circumcises the heart, and he gives you his name, and he says, now you have my name to go along with my DNA, and now I am no longer just for you, but I am with you. Come on. The new is renewing our devotions in the word. I just said it, Lord, I'm going to renew my devotions to you in the word. It's never too late to start. Living in the new is living in the word, renewing your mind daily. Life is a continual process, and a righteous man may fall seven times. Come on. But he gets back up every single time. God's mercies are new every morning, and his mercy endures, how long? Come on, forever. Renew your devotions in the, in the word. The new is renewing the mind, that old thought pattern that has produced the life you now have and the life you now live. Are you happy with this life? Are you totally content with every area of your life? Well, there's some areas that you're excelling in and you're doing great. Maybe there's some areas that you wish you had an opportunity to go back and do some things over. Well, guess what? God is saying, here's your opportunity. I'm not going to take you back into the past, but we're going to forget about the past, and I'm going to create some new things. Come on. If you'll just look ahead, I've got some new, better things for you. The things that you thought you missed out on that you want to go back and get, he said, forget about it because I've got some new. I've made some new for you, and we need to renew our mind. The new is rebuilding your prayer altar. We need to stay in contact with God, and that's what we're going to do during this time of consecration in this church anyway for those 14 days in January. 
It's not just about giving up something. That's part of the process. But what we're going to do is we're going to pray. We're going to stay in communion and contact with God. We are going to consecrate ourselves to the Lord that we might be in spiritual unity. Because, listen, where the presence of the Lord is, that's where the blessing is. That's what we need to do. Set our mind like a flint. Say, Lord, I am committed to being in your word. We need to rebuild our prayer altar. And finally, this new is your sharing Christ and discipling maybe that one person that you need to share with. Come on, we need to reproduce. We can't keep all of this to ourselves. Uh, This is what Christ taught. This is what it's all about. He made disciples, and he told them now as he left, he said his physical body left, but he said, guess what? I'm sending the comforter. I'm sending the spirit with you, and I want you to go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. We've got to be able to share our faith. Now, I know. I'll just say this about that. I understand that everybody's not a pulpit preacher, and there's a lot of pulpit preachers who have a trouble sharing one-on-one. Come on. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, you know, because it's a little different. It's one thing standing uh, somewhere on a soapbox with a mic preaching the word well, with, to some friends and you get some amens. But it's another thing when somebody uh, doesn't know God and they don't understand why they need God. And you have to begin to share that with them. So I know everybody may not be experts at sharing, but I can tell you where you, you can start is by it, relational evangelism starts with you. Dedicating yourself to the Lord, being kind, showing compassion. Come on. And then when they ask you, say, well, you know, it's just God. It's just the God in me. It's not me. Don't put me on a pedestal. But it's the God in me. We've got to new this year. We've got to rededicate ourselves to living the life that God wants us to live. Because if we do that, we'll be able to share. Come on. Uh, God will put us. he'll, He'll make divine appointments for us. He'll put us in situations. And I'll guarantee you this. He'll put us in some situations where it'll be easy to share the gospel. People will be asking you, what is that thing that you have? And you might be hesitant. Well, I don't. No, no, I really want to know. And you'll just have to tell them, come on, that it's the Christ in you. And so we have to understand, going into this new year, it's an opportunity for us. Jesus is God with us. He is also our Alpha, and he is our Omega. There are some things, folks, that we need to leave in 2016. Put them at the altar, leave them there, look for the new that God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are going to look toward 2017, new what God is making for us? Leave some things in the past. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.